0: Hi, this is Mike, this is Ross,
1: and this is Matt, and you're listening to the Empty Spiral Podcast, the official podcast of the Lacoonacore community. It's Saturday the 22nd of March, we're actually recording this on the day that we're releasing it for a change. That's quite exciting, well I say exciting, it's just a bit different really. (laughs) Impulsive. Impulsive, yes, or unplanned, or maybe totally planned, we're not really sure right now. Anyway let's stop this babbling. Uh, how are you guys?
0: uh good thank you. i uh, got the new iphone this week so that's that's looking good and everything's all right here.
1: when you say the new iphone you mean the iphone 5s it's been out for like 6 months. <laughs> yes yes yes
0: right okay. that that one yes
1: that that iphone. okay well, that's good as long as we are clear what cuz <laughs> so i thought have i missed some kind of iphone release. no it's no, no. <laughs> being the apple fanboy that i am yes I was, like very surprised
2: at least he went for the, the 5S and not the 5C, because is the 5C really an iPhone? What is it? Do we know?
1: It's a bit plasticky looking, isn't
2: it? It's a know. bit like it's... a toy phone you'd have as a child.
1: Yeah, it's like early learning. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Needs bigger buttons.
1: Oh, maybe it does. <laughs> no, it looks very kind of colourful though, isn't it? mm How
2: about you, Russ? How are you? Me, yeah, I'm good. I've returned from an impromptu visit to to Milan last weekend, which was very, very unplanned, but a good time had by all. And um, thanks to everyone that I saw over there. So, uh, yeah, excellent.
1: uh, Saw your pictures. It looked like you guys had a really good time. Yeah, man. Sites
2: and stuff. Awesome. So, hopefully, uh, something something further to follow in the summer. So let's let's uh, hope that the weather weather
1: stays stays good. Excellent, excellent. So, what have I been up to? Decided to watch Game of Thrones season three again in preparation for season four, seventh of uh, April, and I pre-ordered five versions of Broken Crown Halo. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my god! It's like yeah, I love that one. I love that one. I love that one. I love that one. Uh, and oh, I saw Helena uh, on Thursday. And she was playing at the O2 Academy Two in Islington. Cool. So we got to catch up and have a beer and have a chat, which was That's good. Cool. Didn't get. Didn't get to stay as long as I would have liked. Um, but it was it was good nevertheless. I was hoping to uh, head out over to Allgate yesterday and, and join her when she's recording the video for a new song. Uh but work held me back until about eight o'clock, so I couldn't do it, which is really annoying. But yeah, that's that's kind of been my week in a bit of a nutshell. So let's, let's see what's been happening in the Kuna Coil's world then, shall we? So there's been lots of tours, uh, tours, lots of dates coming out on their headlining tour over the last couple of weeks. A constant sort of Drip feed of new dates, which has been a bit of a challenge for me, because they seem to come across at about half eleven at night. So if I'm not careful, I miss them before I go to bed. At one stage, I was heading upstairs, well, better double check, and boom, another load of dates came out. So I had to put them online. Mm. So there's actually what 23 shows now in the headlining tour, and of course on the seventh, no, not the seventh, that's Game of Thrones day. On the first of April, which is Broken Crown Halo Day, they're um they're playing a release sham party in California in LA. Which is cool i'll put it on the front of empty sparrow and if you're in that neck of the woods then you really owe it to yourself to head out that way what else have we seen uh did you see the album trailer video yes very oh, cool. yeah that was kind of cool isn't it i quite like that that was, that was quite entertaining good fun uh that's that's also available via es or you can go obviously go straight to uh the century media youtube channel and check that one out uh and of course this week in UK rock magazine Kerrang, uh, was a two-page spread of Lacuna Coil, um, kind of a Game of Thrones Winter Is Coming type thing, which was uh, it's quite actually pretty good read actually. I really enjoyed the uh, the article that, that Kerrang put in there. It was quite dark. It was talking about uh, how the recent year or so of sort of personal things that's happening in the band's life has uh, has influenced or not the music that we're hearing on Broken Crown Halo Um, obviously not for us to dwell too much on what's been happening in the band's personal life but it was an interesting article nevertheless Uh, that particular photo shoot, I think I mentioned to you guys before that was in London on the day that I did the interview with Andrea that we're going to hear a little bit more of in a minute and I was actually in the room when that photo shoot was taken which was a, a real privilege and I've got quite a few, I guess you could describe it as backstage I don't know, behind the scenes photos which I'm hoping to put online in Empty Spiral uh, very, very soon. I don't know how many of them I can put online, really. Not that they're rude or anything. It's just that some of the some of the things that were shot may well appear in future magazines. So I'll have to be quite careful about what I put on there. But I'll try to put on as much as possible. It was just Andrea and Christina and obviously makeup and all that kind of stuff. But it's, um, it's quite fun. It's quite fun to see. And there's some quite funny pictures of Andrea in particular, which uh, I will put online.
2: No Red Wedding.
1: No, no, uh-huh. there was no real witnesses, although there wasn't a bit of an invasion. <laughs> Again, um, about two thirds of the way through the photo shoot, uh, a certain band called Steel Panther entered the room, would you believe? <laughs> I kid you not. And kind of just jumped in on the photo shoot. So there's a few pictures of uh, some crazy American rockers kind of. Yeah, posing. It was quite funny. Anyway, it was, I don't think anybody was expecting that, including Andrea and Christina. So it was uh, it was quite fun to see. I've got a few photos, which, again, I'm hoping I can put online, uh, if not over this weekend, but so, uh, then certainly in the near future. So that was quite cool. I think that's about it for news today. So what we got, as promised last week and the week before, we've now got second part of our interview with Andrea. Uh, again, this was... Interview I did all about Broken Crowd Halo and it was performed on the day of the photo shoot that I just mentioned and the final part of it will be released next weekend which is of course the weekend of the release of the album itself. So I hope you enjoy it. fascinating concept and it comes across particularly strongly in uh, songs like Zombies and Victims and, yep. I, mean, no, I mean both personal favourites of mine especially I, I love what you've done with the exploring the lyrical boundaries especially in Victims where you know, Christina does the kind of the screaming mm-hmm. for and I guess for the first time I've not seen her use a voice like that before and it's always like you're finding fresh ways to I don't want to say reinvent yourself but certainly just do something different every time and this this really comes across very very well in um, in the album um there's also a lot of traditional elements in it were you very conscious of that you wanted to approach it from a yeah we want to do something new but we want to make sure that there's that lacuna core vibe about it or did you look to a particular album in the past and go do you know we want to draw something from that album and bring this into this no i think
3: we just as i said before we just didn't really care you know we just went okay this it's an atmosphere like a little bit like the early gothic metal Paradise Lost, for example. So we went for it, and we didn't stop saying, okay, we've done it already. We just, okay, I like it, just do it, you know, without caring. We knew that the result was not going to be a, a copy of a past album, you know, because it, we're, we knew the sound was going to be different and the arrangements and the the experience we have as a songwriter is going to drive us into a different shape of song, even with the same elements that we had in Comalize or even in A, in a Reverie. You know? But yeah. we know we have a different experience, so the lyrics and the, the music and the vocals will be driven in a different way because we, we had more experience now. So it would be more contemporary, like we call it, even if some elements are surely we used them in the past as well.
1: No two Lacuna Col albums are the same as you just said. If you had to compare it with the one that you feel it's closest to, which would you think it would be? It's always hard to say because
3: times has been passing and we have more experience uh, under every aspect. Probably in terms of the. It could be in between Unleashed Memories and Comlice, maybe in the way we've been. Uh, having a lot of different kind of songs in the same albums. You mm-hmm. know, there are like many slow songs as well as many powerful songs. So when we did those albums, when we, especially I remember when we did Comalize, we kind of knew we were going somewhere else. You know, we were kind of detaching from the gothic metal cliché, mm-hmm. already in Unleashed Memories, but then that was maybe less prominent because we didn't have the knowledge to actually go fully on, full on, on developing the sound. You know, mm-hmm. Why? On Comalize, we kind of f- felt like we were taking chances. You know, we were moving away from the diamat, uh, gothic metal, Paradise Lost uh, type of negative, get the Gathering, cliche. Yep. Then moving somewhere else, mixing with some American sounds, samples, and different beats. So we were contaminating the style. Hmm. We were feeling that when we did Comalize, we felt like, okay, we don't know if people is gonna like this album or not, but we, we do it, you know. And we kind of felt the same this time. We do it because we like it, you know, even if we know it's not exactly what people
1: maybe be ex- expecting. Yeah, we've, we've just uh, finished reviewing Comalize on the podcast which is as we know is over ten years old now and yet it still feels very fresh and very new because of as you say the way you you put in mixes and you put in different elements like sounds and 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 just just kind of filled out the music it's, it's very layered in that respect and I think um, Broken Crown Halo is also very layered there's lots of texture in it yeah. and that comes across it's also really. an
3: album that you, you have to listen to it it's not oh some songs are quite immediate but overall as an album I think it takes more than one listen to be understood better I think I agree like okay. because it's some songs have texture and arrangements and different layers as you say so it's, it needs to be listened to some songs are not so easy to get right at the first listen even if there are some catchy tunes I think.
1: Yeah and there are some catchy tunes obviously um, we'll be seeing some singles from the album as well Um, yeah yeah it's very dark and we talked about this before and you you say you moved away from the gothic cliche are you returning to not necessarily a cliche but the gothic kind of side of things because no. of the nature of the, the albums. Sort of I think or now
3: nowadays we're more able to do a dark album without falling too much in a cliche because mm. we have more knowledge about what is dark and what is just a cliche. So it, maybe now we're more capable to to do an album which is dark but it's not necessarily full on the cliche of the '90s gothic metal. You know? <laughs> I don't think it sounds a '90s album. It sounds a nowadays album but it has certain elements that can be the evolution of the, the gothic metal scene, I think. It's not a, a complete step in another direction, you know, even if we have some songs that are maybe more groovy or more heavy, like Die and Rise or uh, Zombies as well, but this, there is that vibe of the dark element, I think.
1: Some of the titles are unlike titles we've seen before in your music, like, like Zombies, for example. Mm. When I saw the track listing, I was not expecting to see a song on a lacuna called Zombies now when you listen to the song it's not what you expect it's not about zombies per se not in in the the Walking Dead type sense of zombies it's about going back to your point about people being zombies people yeah it's
3: about uh, getting together like the zombies do they they get together to get food to get Mm. people to eat but actually it's about being together as a Community in the difference, well, because we feel a little different than other people, we have more in common. Sometimes you can call us uh, not rejects; it's too much, but kind of different people. You know, mm-hmm. the, especially the, the alternative rock people is very often seen as different entity. Yeah, exactly. but we sub-culture, feel, it's a, yeah, subculture. But we feel it's a very strong subculture, and we are. We feel united mm-hmm. in this. You know, we feel we're we can do special things together as a community even if we're not that many and like zombies we gather all together to find strength you know to find strength and to, to understand that you're not alone you're not the only one who's living this different lifestyle even if you don't live it 24-7 like you have a job and everything, but you, inside you you feel that you have this special connection towards the music or the imaginary or the, and the bands put you together the music sorry put you together as a unit, like zombies, like you walk know, together, even if they are horrible to look at. Yeah.
1: It's a it's a very powerful message, and I think it's something that people will latch on to, because I'm sure many of us feel that way. Like, you know, if you you listen to to metal music, yeah. then you it's not get like
3: judged. it doesn't want to be like a, a 16 years old rebel kind of song. It's more about we all. Have people our age and people younger than us that come to our concerts but you see we all melt together even if there's people in the 40s as well as people in the 15 or 16 years old but we're all together because we have the same feeling for the music you know and that's the greatest thing about touring and seeing people coming to your show and it doesn't matter if it's a thousand two thousand or five hundred you still have this sense of Come into to, so to have today. something to yeah. share together, yeah. you know. Yeah. Even in if it could be a, in a negative moment, you yeah.
1: know. Well, thank you again to Andrea for joining us on the podcast, and I hope everybody really enjoyed the second part of the interview about the album. As I say, you'll get to hear the third part next weekend. brings us on to our review this week which is fragments of faith taken from the album karma code and i think it's russell is it your turn again now? it's
2: possibly yes. me yeah um i think it is, go it on is then. You can go okay go on, and I'll, I'll throw myself in there well, fragments of faith as you mentioned taken from the karma code album I, I think it's fair to say this song has been a staple of the live set since karma code came out in what oh six pretty much it is one of those key, driving, dynamic, pounding live songs that also just sounds great on record. Obviously, it starts off with that sort of keyboard um, riff combined with the guitar, which you know, lasts for you know, a slight intro before you get the bass and the drums kicking. And as I mentioned, this is just a really, really heavy driving song all the way through, and it just doesn't let up in any way, shape or form. I think the key thing about this song that you notice if you break it down is the complex textures in the keyboard lines. And I think this is one of the the things that is perhaps most underrated about Lacuna Cole's songwriting as a whole, is the diversity of how they texture and they layer songs. Because I think if you listen to it very carefully, whether it's with headphones or you turn it right up, there's probably at least six or seven different keyboard overdubs and lines in this song itself. Um, I think vocally, it's strong as well as the music. I think lyrically, this is a very interesting song. I'd probably say it's got some of the darkest Coil lyrics of any song. Um, just picking out some. My disease everlasting, let me bleed forever. Let me feel alive one more time, where is the pain? My halo fades, sin is falling, lost in here I'm nothing. So it's just a really pissed off, angry, dark and cynical song which you don't really realise so much when you listen to it unless you actually you know, read the lyrics because it's another one of those you can make out the lyrics but they're not necessarily as clear as other songs on other albums because of you know, the way the band has constructed the songs we've mentioned to layer them in with the music so it comes as a, as a full package and obviously it's got that anthemic chorus of you know, Can You Feed It with Christina coming in with the vocals and the combination, the interplay between her and Andrea both on the record and live is just a really strong song and especially if you ever saw it, you know, at a festival, whether it was download, you know, it's just a huge song alive. So it's a great song.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. I'm um, probably going to wax lyrical in a few moments about it as a live song. Uh, what about you, Mike? What do you think of it?
0: Yes, um, pretty much what Russ has said word for word. I can't really uh, fault any of it. I think that the opening is fantastic um, and the the fast-paced nature of this song, I think, works really well as a whole. I agree with Russ that this is one of these songs that you don't... Ne- well, it's the same for me that I personally don't necessarily follow the uh, the lyrical line of everything in its clearness. Going forward, when you hear it live, it's just one of those songs that's so full full of energy and f- full-packed when you're going through that I think it works really well. Um, lyrically, as he's mentioned, um, the certain things that I've highlighted, like um, the Let Me Bleed Forever line, it draws up imagery of uh, all sorts going on through the song. Which I think it works really well, and as he's mentioned live, it's one of those songs that it, it has to be on the set list now. It's it, it's it just is wonderful, so I really like it as well.
1: So I've got a bit of an admission to make, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, when I first heard Karma Code all those years ago and reviewed it quite soon after I first heard it, I kind of dismissed this song. I mean, I, I liked it. But I thought the chorus was a bit too repetitive for me, and as you say, the lyrics weren't easy to sort of pull out of the music. So I recognised them. I thought Andrea did a good job vocally on the on the lyrics, but it didn't. I didn't really connect with the song, if you know what I mean, on a kind of emotional level. Uh, and then I heard it live, or to be more precise, I saw it live, and I think it was that was when I can honestly say I, I discovered Fragments of Faith for the first time, really, because. That this is like a drama, this song on stage. If you remember the way that Christina kind of acts it out, she, you know, she's got the crossed um, she crossed hands and she, the way she sings a song around the stage, the, 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 uh, the way that she shows the emotion on her face when she's singing this song. And then you've got that long kind of, can you feel it, can you feel it? And you've got Andrea, who's kind of coming in, he's, he's prancing around the stage, singing the verses and i really got it i actually it was like a bit of an an epiphany it was like oh okay so this is what the song is what i heard on the album is not fragments of faith what i'm seeing in front of me that is fragments of faith and it completely changed my view of this song i went back and listened to it on the album i got it but again i felt that it was a song that it was at its strongest when we see them performing it you're only seeing, you're hearing the performance on the album. You're not seeing it, and this is a song that demands to be performed by Lacuna Coil, and I think that's a, one of the reasons why it's such a strong live song. And I, I get a sense they really enjoy it, and the crowd always enjoy it. And that, and that, that final bit where she's kind of the lights focused in on Christina, the music drops, and you get the "Can you feel it?" that she re- repeats, and then. Andrea comes in, you know, never let it go, kind of a high growl. And then the music comes in again, and everybody's really into it. That to me is, that's fragments of faith. And as you say, that is, that has to be there on a live set, it feels like. I love that bit. I mean, I, was, I just, I'm waiting for it. It's an anticipation <laughs> when they're going through that song, waiting for that bit to come in again and hit you. Ah, oh, that's brilliant. And for me, this is one of my favourite live Lacuna call. Experiences seeing this song played uh, I say uh, the, the rest of the song it, it kind of it blurs uh, I agree with what you say Russ about the the lyrics being really dark and it's a sort of desperation this is about despair this is about losing something or trying to hold on to something that's slipping away from you uh, the the lyrics are quite oblique so it's hard to really kind of grasp whether it's actual faith in someone faith in an ideal religious faith whatever it might be but I think it could be whatever you want it to be, you know, it's that kind of sense. Uh, and yeah, I, it's it's a corker of a song. Um, it's it's at its best, I think, because of that lyrical simplicity we get in the chorus. But although, having said that, the complexity and the bleakness of the, the verses lend itself to creating this kind of complete package that comes into its own when it's live on stage. Yeah. Whew. What about you, Russ? What were you going to give it in
2: terms of numbers? Uh, in terms of numbers on the record, I'd say it's probably a eight point five out of ten. And live, it's another Spinal Tap moment. Eleven out of ten. <laughs> what
1: about you,
0: Mike? I'd agree. I think it's eight point five, maybe nine on the uh, album. And there isn't a rating live. It could be eleven. It could be fifteen. If you're going into those. Uh, those realms, I just think it works so well, and I really love it.
1: Well, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10, because as I said, when I originally heard it, I dismissed it. I, I think it's a, a corker of a song. It's not my favourite on the album, but it remains a, a quality quality track. Uh, I, I'm not going to enter into those crazy realms of imaginary numbers, guys. <laughs> um, for me, it is definitely a 10 out of 10 live track. Yeah, but That's where it needs to be. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I I think it's great. Fragments of faith. brings us to a close this week on the empty spiral podcast hope you've enjoyed it if you want to get in contact with us you can do so via the empty spiral website which is www.emptyspiral.net you can also connect with us on twitter which is at empty spiral net on facebook which is facebook.com forward slash empty spiral.net on tumblr which is empty spiral net.tumblr.com and you can also send us an email which is podcast at empty spiral net we look forward to hearing from you And uh, we'll catch up with you all soon. Take care. Enjoy your week. And let's not forget that in 10 days' time, you should all be listening to Broken Crown Halo. And I can't wait. Catch you later, guys.
0: Cheers. Ciao.